Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Two Peas on a Pod. I'm Zachary Cordell here along with my brother-in-law, Austin Griffiths. Austin, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. We've got a special guest in the house today, a good friend of mine and Austin's, and a great preacher, Brother Zach Kaufman. Brother Zach, it's good to have you with us today. It's good to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Yes, sir. Brother Zach Kaufman is a youth pastor at the, was it, is it Youngsville Pentecostal Holiness Church? You got it. In Seaman, Ohio, oh, and yeah. uh, Amish country area. And uh, so he's a youth pastor there and uh, doing a wonderful job. Wonderful church over there. The pastor is Brother Doug Heimer. And uh, we appreciate Brother Zach coming on the podcast today. Why don't you just uh, give us some of your personal testimony here at the beginning? And just kind of tell us where you're from and uh, when you got saved and when you started preaching and all that good stuff. Well, I'm originally from Dayton, Ohio, and um, we moved up here when I was 18 years old and uh, met my wife here at Youngsville Pentecostal Holiness Church. Adrian got married, and then we uh, started youth pastoring, and we've gone on youth pastoring. July will be our, our eighth year being there as youth pastors, and I got um, I got saved when I was 15 years old. Got the Holy Ghost in Granite City, Illinois, when I was 15 years old. I was Brother, probably there. I think you was, actually. Yeah. Brother Andrew Blevins and Brother David Webb standing over me, praying me through to the Holy Ghost. Was that the year we took Brother Andrew? Was he slain out? He was. In the spirit, we took him to the dorms. We had to carry him out there, and <clears throat> he spoke in tongues just real softly till like two or three in the morning. Oh, that was the wow. night. That was the night before. I was on Wednesday night. Yeah. And then Thursday night. I remember that. I got the Holy Ghost. I think Wednesday, uh, Brother Mike Switzer preached on contain yourself. And he had them yeah. bags out there. He's ripping them up. And, uh, yeah, I got the Holy Ghost that Thursday night. And, man, it's been, been great ever since. Have my ups and downs, but God's kept us. He's so did you quit fighting and wrestling in the dorms after you got the Holy Ghost thirsty? <laughs> well, yeah, he, he never said nothing about that. <laughs> he did, had some good yeah, times in there. Never convicted me about that yet. So. I got the Holy Ghost at Youngsville when Brother Rocky Kirk was preaching. <clears throat> I was yeah, eight right. years old. March will be 20 years. Oh, my goodness. 20 years ago. I remember that. That's, yeah. that's great. It's something when you say 20 years ago and you're 28. It's <laughs> something, ain't it? It is. It makes you feel old. Yeah. Well, we're both from the Dayton, Ohio area, and uh, I was raised there at Dryden Road, and you was raised there at Route 4. Correct. And that is correct. Yes, sir. Brother Andy Bishop was my youth pastor. Brother Bruce McGuire was my pastor there going on nine years. And He's uh, still there. Still there, and... He's a tremendous man, Brother Andy's a good man. Both of them left a lot of fingerprints on my life, and God used them to help mold me, shape me, develop me. And uh, just, it's amazing how God puts different men in your life mm-hmm. at different seasons in your life to develop you and mold you the way He wants you to be developed and molded. And that's exactly what He did with them men. He really used them men to help develop me and shape me, and I really appreciate him for giving me them in my life. Yeah, so our churches were about, what, 10 minutes apart? At the probably. Moment, yes, sir. And so our youth groups were super, super close. Always was we, uh, with each other. Probably 60 of us in my youth group, anywhere from 11 to 25. If he was unmarried, he was in the youth group, you know, if you mm-hmm. wanted to be. I think you had to be 11 to be in it, and you all probably had 20. 
or so. And so we all we went on vacations together. Uh, I remember one time we did a huge youth group trip to uh, Pigeon Forge on the Greyhound bus. Oh, yeah. And uh, we went down to Tennessee to Brother Don Ingram's and Brother Darius Priest. And, you know, we sang and different things. And then our Greyhound bus, we got a chalet, like big four stories or something. <laughs> and it was up on a hill. You remember this? I do. We had to leave the Greyhound in Strawberry Plains and take the little short bus. Oh, yeah. And it wouldn't hardly make it up the hill because it was so steep. And so all the women stayed on the bus. And all of us got out and helped push the bus while it was while it was just kind of sputtering itself up the hill. And then we all kind of was just hoping and praying that the parking brake would hold it there. Because if it didn't, it was going straight oh, down. Yeah, they were good times. <laughs> yeah. Good times. We had good times. We put this foosball. And uh, I don't know what all was in that chalet. Yeah. We had a good time. Yeah, it was good. We went to Wonderworks. And uh, we we got pictures from way back. Somebody brought one up a while back. They did. It was a picture of us way back. Mm-hmm. Me and you was a whole lot skinnier. I was about 100 pounds skinnier. And, uh, <laughs> it, it really it made, me, uh, made me miss the good old days. Yeah. We skinny. had a lot of fun and uh, different youth group vacations and different youth camps, all kinds of different youth camps we went to together. Probably took about four or five trips a year, I'd say, together. We was always together some youth camp. I didn't get to go on all of them but I, I've been on quite a few oh with yeah you. we was um, always together youth rallies youth camps yeah. vacations Boston and yeah. all kinds of so we've been friends probably 20 years yes sir at least way back yeah and I'm Good. only 30 so <laughs> oh, yeah I'm way, 28 so it's, way back so tell us about when God started calling you to preach started bringing you into the ministry I actually started preaching when I was 15 after I got the Holy Ghost and uh, man, I just I couldn't get away from it. Every everywhere I turned, it felt like God was nudging me, trying to get my attention, wanting me to preach. Every uh, I, I remember being at Richlands Tabernacle at the camp meeting there, and God had given me a message. I, mean, I wasn't even a preacher yet, but God had given me a message, given me a scripture, and then Brother Gabbert was the morning speaker, and uh, he got up and. He preached exactly what God had given me the night before. And it was like God confirming, you know, same scripture, same title, everything. And it was like God confirming, hey, you need to be doing this in your life. And then uh, finally I gave in. And it's been since I've been, I think May 11th is when I started preaching. Preached my first message from a prisoner to a preacher. Mm -hmm. And then I've been going ever since. So it's... It's been great. So, Brother Zach, we got you on the podcast today, and uh, you're going to address a certain topic for us. And a while back, I was at your church, and uh, we was talking about uh, certain things, and you're a youth pastor, and so we was talking about some uh, you know, young people and things, and you told me this thought you had in the scripture. And I thought, man, that'd be great for the podcast. You know, we got, I, I'm sure a lot of our demographic is uh, younger folks. And uh, this would go for anybody, but we was just thinking about young people. And uh, and so he's going to talk to us today. And uh, I, I love the title, too. I really do. So, you know, kudos to the title. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> but he's going to talk to us today, and he's going to read this scripture about let go of the yo-yo. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, awesome. I might preach on that sometime. Yeah. yeah. Austin tried to steal it already. So <laughs> I might take you out to the west end of the country. Okay, and go right ahead. He may not follow me you back just here. Send me a tenth of the offering, and we'll be good. No, I'm joking. 
<laughs> now I took my text out of First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58 where the Bible said therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord and I feel like one thing that Paul understood was that the consistency of this generation is under attack the uh, you know young people being steadfast young people being rooted in what they believe and who they are mm -hmm. is being attacked by the enemy right now and I believe he's trying to get us to second guess what God has already set in the stone in our life um, I believe he's trying to get young people who have a made-up mind to change their mind right um, trying to get people who have already you know made their calling and election sure to feel like that they're you know second-guessing everything that God's already developed and done in them yes and that's I believe that's an attack that we're under right now is it's it's an experience with young people that's up and down in and out up and down in and out and it's like a yo-yo it's uh it's that up and down experience you know one day they've got enough faith to move a mountain and the next day they're a doubting thomas you know one day they got joy unspeakable and full of glory and the next day they're overcome with sorrow and full of despair you know one day they're sold out the next day they're ready to sell out and quit and you know backslide on god you know one day they're ready to conquer the storm and the next day they're being conquered by the storm and it's a, it's that up and down right. experience yeah. that I feel like is is attacking the hearts and the souls and the experiences of this generation right now. Yes, sir. That's a, that that's exactly right. And uh, it's something that we're doing this today. When just yesterday I was filling in for uh, uh, Brother Zach's Sunday school class. This Zach, and uh, he was in Oklahoma. And that's what I taught on in Sunday school was that exact scripture. And I taught on consistency. And I didn't even know that's what the scripture is using for that. But I just taught on consistency. And uh, I was making references to you want your parents to be consistent. You don't want their rules to change day after day. You know, your job, you have to be consistent and you'll get fired. Your marriage, you have to be consistent or you're going to have a terrible marriage. And, you know, on and on, I went through all these things about consistency and how God wants us to be consistent. He wants us to pray and read our Bibles right. and be, you know, pay our tithes and live holiness and go to church and be consistent. And really, that's the one word that would describe a successful Christian walk is consistency. It is. It is. It is. I, I feel like you know, right now we're, we're too quick to accept defeat with the enemy. You know, we've we've got all the weapons of God at our fingertips. We yet we'll believe his lies. We'll accept. Right. You know, his defeat, and we'll just paint it as a picture that's already so in our life. Yeah. You know, and if we're not careful, we will uh, let our life become a roller coaster and a yo yo. But if, if we're going to have a generation that survives, they're going to have to make a change. They're going to have to let go of that yo yo. And I realize that. You know, we're living in a world right now that is up and down, in and out. Ain't nothing the same in it. It's changing all the time. But the good thing is that we've got an unchanging God right. in an ever-changing world. Right. And, you know, that's something that the devil tells, I think, 
everybody, but maybe especially young people or young Christians, even if they're even if they're older, that uh, you know they can't make it. And then, like you say, they're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. We was talking a little bit ago about youth camp Christians. You know, you see that they pray every youth camp, and uh, then they lose the victory. And you don't have to live like that. You can live above it. You can rise above the world. You can rise above defeat. You can rise above your past or whatever it might be that's weighing you down. And you can get to a higher level in God to where you don't have to be up and down all the time. You hear that at every youth camp. If I could have just made it here. Oh, yeah. oh if I wouldn't have got here, I wouldn't have made it. Every, every <laughs> single one of them. You do, but. And, you know, there are, um, there are crisis moments at youth camps, obviously. There are, yes. And, you know, that's the reason we have them. You know, that's the reason we have youth camp. That's the reason we have revival. But there comes a time when you got to get past that, and you cannot you cannot let every youth camp be your crisis moment. You've got to have crisis moments every day if you have to. You know, in your your yeah. prayer closet, you got to learn oh, yeah. to pray every day. You've got to learn to read your Bible and stay you know on top. You're not up and down all the well, time. Youth camp's like heaven about. on earth. It's like a little piece of heaven. You're brought out of the workplace, out of the school. Yes, You're, sir. There's really I mean, I will have to say, sometimes you'll see some sin at youth camp. You always have that one that's snuck something in. Austin. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. <laughs> I don't think. Did I ever do that? <laughs> I'm scared. But you always yeah, have some. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to leave that alone, ain't we? Yes, we but, are. <laughs> but, uh, you know, really, But when you, when you get it and you're like, man, you're on fire for God, and then smack right in the face. There's the world again. Oh, yeah. And that really, I guess... You could say that is the biggest struggle with these kids, with this generation, with me, when I was their age. I mean, look at what they've got all around them. Look, yeah. at, look at the workplace. Look at the the music that's playing. Yeah. Everywhere they look, there's ungodliness. There's yeah, look immorality. at the schoolhouses. The, school, the schools I mean, are terrible. It's you know, what what's on the internet. What's on the you know all, everything that's at their fingertips. They've got everything. It's so easy to sin. It's just yeah, right yeah. there. And they've got to get something on the inside right. that's going to fight the temptation that's coming from without. Yes. That's the only way they can stand is if they get a greater within them than there is in, you know, coming against them. Right. Now, I feel like that we're letting the, side, the tides of society determine how much spirituality we have. We're letting what the world does affect us. And that's the problem is this world's always going to be up and down, up and down. But if if we as Christians are too much rooted down in this world, it's going to get in us. Right. And that's what's happened in this generation. That old song, um, I'm, I'm too earthly minded or too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the other way around. A lot of times yeah. that we're, we're too earthly minded to be any heavenly good. Yes. And, but God wants a generation that will face your ups and downs and that will live consistent. Right. <clears throat> well, you know, that's one thing that I, I noticed whenever I was growing up with some of the ones that uh, I could think of in my mind. And thank God a lot of them do. You know, they have gotten a hold of it. A lot of them have. Some of them haven't. Some of them are been out now for a long time. Um, but some of them are, are doing good. But a lot of times the ones that struggled the most were the ones who had the hardest time coming out of the world. They wouldn't, they and you know, 
that's that's pretty obvious, you know. But I even noticed that when I was, you know, just a young person, it was the people who was always concerned about uh, the scores on the, you know, their favorite ball team or or whatever it might have been. And you know they they was always concerned about something worldly. They ha- you have a hard time staying saved when you won't come all the way out of the world. Oh yeah, one man said with uh, the children of Israel, God brought them out of Israel in one day, but or God yeah. brought them out of Egypt in one day. Sorry. Yeah. But it took forty years to yeah. get yeah. Egypt out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And run around in circles. Run around in circles. <laughs> they up and down, up and yeah. down again. They lost everything they had. And we're all going to have inconsistencies. Right. We're all going to struggle up, you know, have the ups and downs of life. But, you know, Elijah did. One chapter, he was calling down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel. And, you know, just a few pages later, he's yeah. wishing he was dead, you know. Yeah. You know, Joseph was in the, in Genesis chapter 40. He was, he was rotting in a prison. And you turn the page, and he's the prime minister of Egypt. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist started preaching. And man, the, the guy was an instant success, a renowned preacher for four centuries, you know. But we see him next sending word to Jesus from prison, are you the Christ or should we look for another? Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew 16, Simon Peter heard Jesus say to him, blessed are you Simon Barjona. But five verses later, Simon Peter hears the same voice say, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Second Corinthians 12, Apostle Paul talked about being caught up in the third heaven. And one paragraph later, he's burdened down with a thorn in the flesh. Everybody's life has ups and downs. You're going to have in and outs, ups and downs, but it's how you handle them. That's what's going to determine, you know, what you are and what you become. And one man said it like this, the difference between a backslider and an overcomer is how you handle your ups and downs. Yeah, that's good. It is. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. They, uh, I say that all the time. <laughs> it's true. It is exactly right. And you know, stuff's gonna happen like tragedy. You know, it's hard. You know, people get down and stuff during tragedy or the bad phone call or whatever. But how you handle it? You oh, know, yeah. people. You know, we we've all known people that back backslid because the storm got too too rough. But how you know how could you handle it? And really, when life throws you. Uh, something bad and when a phone call happens or death happens or you know that bad phone call or whatever it might be that ought to drive you closer to God oh yeah it should should drive you to your knees that's that's right where we need it right where we need to be uh, Genesis chapter 49 verse 3 talked about Reuben um, if you read there Jacob was going through his children he said Reuben thou art my firstborn my might <coughs> The beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of power. Verse three sounded pretty good, but verse four said, "And you're unstable as water, yeah. <laughs> and shall not excel." And so we we see this man that had problems all around him, and he let him get in him, mm-hmm. and his life became affected by the storms that were around him. But but it didn't just affect him. Read on. Through Reuben's heritage and through Reuben's legacy, you can read on about Dathan and Abiram. They joined the rebellion with Korah against Moses. And they, they were swallowed up because of their rebellion. But if you read, they were Reubenites. Um, you, you can, Numbers chapter 16 tells you know, Dathan and Abiram's story. You can read about the Reubenites who demonstrated their, their hesitating instability when they were more concerned about their sheep 
and their livestock than they were about the Lord's battle in Judges chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. And, and every time you read of the Reubenites after that, they were up and down, up and down, in and out, up and down. And you see it affected their children, it affected the lineage. And as Jacob prophesied, Reuben did not excel. There was there was no great prophets for 700 years. No great prophets, no great leaders, no great warriors, no great judges that came from the Reubenites or from Reuben. And they did not excel. They simply were up and down. They had a yo-yo experience and nothing came from their lives but instability. So even if you look, um, they, they didn't even excel in the area of tribal growth because if you read the first time they was numbered they had 46,500 people in Numbers chapter 1 but if you read again um, they was decreased in Numbers chapter 26 to all the way down to 43,730 people They and every time you read of them they was getting less and less and less people and they were going extinct, literally. Nothing they touched was succeeding. Nothing they touched was excelling. And one man said it like this, that Reuben was a lineage that always lived below full capacity. And I feel like that's where this generation is. We got Some are grabbing hold of it. Some are living right. Some are, are reaching the ex expectations that that God has set up for them. But then you have others that are living below full capacity. Those that, that aren't reaching the goals that God has set. And I feel like that's where we're at right now. It reminds me of a story of that, you may have read it, of that uh, woman that didn't have electricity in her house. And she spent a fortune having electricity put in her house. And uh, some months later, the electric company to come knocking on her door and they said you know you got we put all this electricity in your house and your bills is like you know just barely anything every month are you using it she said oh yeah i use it every night she said i'd turn it on every night to find my lamps my goodness <laughs> and then turns it right back out and I, I read that and i thought wow you know that's the picture of a lot of a lot of people you know oh, they're yeah. just living right on the edge you know, and if you're going to have a yo-yo experience, you know, take it back to just your spiritual walk with God. Are you walking the line? Are you truly sold out in holiness? Are you trying to do every every new fad, every new clothing, every new music, every new everything? You're you're walking this close. You know, a true Christian that's sold out is not going to walk the fence. No, They're going right. to be on the other side of the yard, oh, nowhere yeah. close to the fence. If you're either if you're really sold out to God, and so we don't want to have a a yo-yo experience like you talked about a roller coaster and you can't have no confidence in somebody like that somebody yeah. that's always a roller coaster you know you're not going to be a good light you're not going to be the light of the world you're not going to have a candle um that people are looking to that you know showing christ like because christ wasn't a roller coaster and so how do you expect to win somebody oh yeah well i mean you, you look here jacob jacob gives the pretty good uh, i guess comparison here um of Reuben's life being unstable as water. You know, why did he use water? Because water conforms or it fits to whatever it's poured into. Yeah. There's not a single mold that you can pour water into that it won't, you know, conform to that mold or fit, you know, to 
to that image or that shape mm -hmm. that's all around. And that's what he was saying about, about Reuben. But the only way we can make water stable is by freezing it. And I know we're not supposed to be cold, but it would do some of us good if we would turn a cold shoulder to the world. Yes. And we would say goodbye to Pharaoh and... <clears throat> Yeah, well, that's what you know. That's what Moses understood. There he was in Pharaoh's house, and he had all the the good things of the world at his fingertips. But he understood that to suffer a little while was way better. The reward was way better on the other side than it was to uh, tinker in the world for yeah. a season and to have oh, yeah. all the world's goods. He understood it was way. He was way better off to sell out and to have a permanent experience with God than it would be to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, the Bible said. He'd rather suffer with the people of God. He refused it all. That's what we need to do. We need some people that have refused some things. Oh, you got that right. Yeah, Deuteronomy 33 and 6, uh, Moses was talking about the Reubenites again here, talking about the tribe of Reuben, and he had noticed already that their numbers was decreasing. They were going extinct. And so I, I like what Moses said. He said, I would that you would live and not die. That was mm -hmm. what Moses said to them. He said, um, and let not his men be few. They were losing their men. They were losing their fighting men. Mm -hmm. And so, so now, although most historians say that from that day on, the Reubenites started growing in number, yet there was still nobody great that came from them because I, I feel like if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 49, they could still remember what Jacob said and they shall not excel. They was bringing baggage to the table is what they was doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like with this generation, that's where they're at. We got a lot of kids and a lot of young people that's bringing a lot of baggage to the table. Um, at churches, at, in youth groups, at youth camps, at, and they've you know, they've had a lot done to them. They, right. They're they're being held down by what somebody said last year or what happened to a family member. We've got you, you've got divorces yeah. is rampant right now. Yeah, in this that's world. what I was just thinking of. And you've got kids that are being affected by that. Yeah, things got, that are not their own fault. Baggage no, with them that is not their own problem. No, it, it ain't them. It, yeah. They didn't do it. But but where they're at, you've got a lot of them that that's feeling the pressure. Right. Of you've got one parent that's saved, one parent that's that's backslid, and they're feeling the pressure to please both of them, mm -hmm. feeling the pressure to you know to keep both of them yeah. you know on board with them, and that's that's a hard thing to do right there. And you got yeah. you got young people that's got a lot of baggage. I mean, even even for instance, I mean, you got young kids that's that's being introduced to, to technology much younger than they've ever been right, right. now. I mean. And they're seeing things. A lot of them's finding things and seeing things yeah. that they shouldn't be seeing and finding. Just yeah. the other day, um, I was talk. I was talking to some, uh, just a couple young kids, and my daughter's six years old, and she was she's asking for a phone for her birthday. You know, six years <laughs> old, and I told her she's you know when she was five, I said, Mom and Dad's already talked about it, and the rule is, and it's going to be for the rest of your childhood, you're not getting a phone till you're fifteen. And I just happened to pass it along, and I was telling uh, a couple a uh, couple kids that, and their eyeballs got real big. I was like, oh yeah, because I mean, there was like twelve and thirteen or thirteen and fourteen, and they already had phones. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned that. I don't know about you, but now when I was growing up, 
I got my first I got my first cell phone when I was fourteen, but it didn't have there was no internet yeah. on them. Yeah. You know, they was old same flip year. phones. Way different. And there was there and when I say no internet, mm-hmm. I mean there was none on mine. Yeah, I thought and, it was cool because I had the envy. Yeah. You slide it over. Oh yeah. I had yeah. the razor and oh, you yeah. know, all that stuff. But we didn't have internet and uh you know, you could like I guess you could take it off back then or whatever and even even the internet that was on there wasn't it wasn't like what it is today. No. And so we text and we could call, that's all we could do. And uh I never even had a, a smartphone. I won't say what kind, but I never even had a smartphone until I bought my own. So I was working about my own, you know, I was eighteen. And uh that's the but what I'm saying is the generation now, man, they yeah. got them at 10, 12. Yeah. Could you imagine you're literally handing your 11 or 12 year old the entire internet? <clears throat> oh, yeah. That's crazy. And that's, you know, I, I know they say, you know, curiosity kills a cat, but really, curiosity kills kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're curious. That's they're, good. They're wanting to know, you know, what this is or where this would take me or what. And before they know it, yeah. they're, the, the devil's there putting strongholds in their minds. Within yeah. seconds. Oh, yeah. You know, back in the day when we had mm. even dial up on the desktop. When you've done a Google search engine for score or whatever, you're like, do, 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 do. You're sitting there just waiting, and now it's just like, boom. It's instant. So uh, these the kids are bringing baggage to the table. I mean, it's just a, it's just a fact of the matter. You know, I realize that you know, we're living in a, we're living in a time where the baggage is affecting the consistency of these kids' life, and I feel like that a lot of the reason that they are inconsistent, or they maybe some of our listeners do have their ups and downs or they do have a yo-yo experience is because they're having a hard time getting past maybe even their past mm-hmm. something they did yesterday but or you know, last year or something their family did but, but that's what you know, Paul had to get past when he said forgetting that which behind right. I press towards the mark of the high calling there's got to be a made up mind if you're going to if you're going to make it you've got to have a made up mind you can't you can't continually live like the lineage of Reuben and not have victories and not have power and not have the presence of God in your life be nothing but ups and downs like a yo-yo or failures and fatalities you know, like it was in Reuben's class here. But there's got to be somebody that says, hey, enough's enough. Right. Enough's, I, I read the other day, um, one man said that drinking... Ran in my family until it ran into me. Yeah, yeah. I've read that with other things. Yeah, too. But that that should be the the idea of it with anything. You know, a defeat ran in my family until mm-hmm. it ran into me. You know, you know, anything that we're facing in life, you don't have to be overcame by it. Right. But by the blood of the Lamb, you can be made an overcomer. And I, I got this did a little study in here on the Reubenites, and uh, I begin to to read about a man that uh, that decided he had he was going to let go of the yo-yo. Mm-hmm. And about 700 years later, after Reuben had been told what he was told by Jacob, there was a man that stepped on the scenes. Um, his name was Hosea. There, there had not been a preacher. There had not, not been a prophet. There had not been a man of God. There had not been a warrior for 700 years. But there came a man, a prophet, named Hosea that stepped on the scenes. He was the son of Bere, 
which was from Bera. And if you look up Bera, it was from the tribe of Reuben. Mm. He was a Reubenite. And Hosea stepped on the scenes and he said, you know what? He said, I realize for the last 700 years, my family has been in bondage. They've been up and down, in and out. But I'll tell you what, today is the day that I let go of the yo-yo. Yes. Today's the day I'm going to say no to it. And I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live right. I'm going to be steadfast. And regardless of what he faced, Hosea faced a lot of things. But God used Hosea. That's, that's why Hosea 10 and 12 said, Sow to yourself in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness Amen. upon you. It, he learned. He learned from his family. He learned from past mistakes. And he finally said, listen, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to live right. I'm going to do right regardless of all the odds. Yes. And even if you read through Hosea's life, you can read that there's a lot of battles that came his way. But through it all, Hosea stood with God. I mean, he had he had the children uh, Lo-Ami and Lo-Rama um, from Gomer there. And, uh, and I, I, I don't understand everything with that story completely, but, but Lo-Ami meant no people. Lo-Rama meant no mercy. But by the time, if you read two chapters later, um, God changed their names. and it, Their name was uh, Ami and Rama. Which meant there is a people mm. and there is mercy. Yes. And you had somebody that had hardships handed to them, but regardless of the hardship, they pressed on and they chose to serve God. And that's that's what we gotta have in a spiritual walk, regardless of what comes our way. Right. We need to back to my text, we need somebody that's gonna be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I like I read this the other day. He said, when you're weary from defeat and dejection and depression, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. When you're worried about problems from the past, predicaments in the present, and prospects in the future, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. When weakened like a frayed rope, rotted by the sands of time, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. When you're wobbly and aged like like a rickety old bridge over a deep cavern, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. When you're worn like a steel beam corroded by rust and pressure, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We need somebody that's going to do what what Acts 20 and 24 said. He said, none of these things move me. Yes. You're going to face pressure. You're sure. going to face ups and downs. But we need a generation that's going to be consistent. Let go of the yo-yo and grab a hold of the hand of God. Amen. That's exactly right. We so appreciate having Brother Zach with us here today. 
And if you're listening to this, and perhaps you are that person that's been up and down, you are the one that's been, uh, you've got the yo-yo in your hand, and you are struggling with what to do. You're up and you're down in your Christian walk. Uh, you know, get rid of it. Like Brother Zach said, make today, make a, make a decision in your mind and in prayer that you're going to get rid of that thing. You know, there's been great men, Brother Zach, that has has had that testimony. Brother Joey Hyatt. Yeah. How many times have you heard Brother Joey Hyatt say he got saved in every youth camp? Oh, yeah. He said, the preachers would talk and say, Joey Hyatt got saved in my revival. He said, well, he got saved in mine, too. Yeah. And, you know, Joey Hyatt is it's Joey Hyatt. You oh, know, yeah. that's, we know him as the great preacher. You know, we don't, we don't remember him or know him as the uh the guy that was always up and down but we remember him as the great preacher oh, yeah. uh we, you talked about peter earlier peter certainly had his down moments didn't he i mean he, oh, yeah. he uh denied the lord but he come back as peter the preacher and three thousand souls were saved so you can overcome that you can get rid of the yo-yo you can overcome what's holding you down and so we encourage you to do that today find you a place in prayer and get a hold of god and determine in your heart that you're going to make it all the way Austin, you want to take us out of here? Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. Thank you, Brother Zach Coffin, for being with us here today. I appreciate it. It's a privilege. Appreciate everything you had to say. You don't have to have a roller coaster experience. You don't have to go up and down. You can be stable with God. See you next time. In this race of life I've run, the Lord says to me, my child, well done. 